And um, so we're going to start in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. I, I got to get to this message, Pastor Jay. You're going to like it. It's in Revelation chapter 2 when we get to the message. And everybody said the same thing, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be in Revelation. Was a, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's sticky. It, it's, it's thick, and it's all there. And um, so it's, like, super, super cool. And, man, like, right towards the end, I kind of had to hurry up, and we'd have still been here if it was up to me. But uh, anyways, let's, let's, let's get into it, and we'll talk about uh, what's going on. Uh, and I titled this. Uh, don't take life for granted. I don't know where you're at. And you guys don't, but when you leave, talk to the people that do take it for granted and straighten them out a little bit. Uh, 13, uh, James 3. Who is uh, a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? So I'm reading out of King James today. No particular reason other than I just grabbed it and I was just like, man, I'm I've been studying out of it, so let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Uh, but if you have bitter envy, strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. That that's probably pretty much of a of a problem in our society today, in the political landscape. Amen. It just just kind of, you know, when, when, here's what I, a lie is when somebody said they're going to do this, then you get that. Or now we call it a shell game or, or, you know, there's, there's always a word for it that's um, soft pedal. So it's not like the, they want you to believe it's not like really a lie. It just didn't turn out like we thought it would. Um, this wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. So lies are from the father of lies, who the devil is. And the last verse here is, for where envy and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Amen? Just say confusion and I'll talk about that. Hey, I, I was, was talking to some of our friends and, and some of them that are here um, who have sil- served in our military and the armed forces. When they put on the uniform for the United States of America, there's no confusion on why you're serving. No, no, to keep America safe from foreign and domestic threats. Don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. There's, there's no confusion when you see police officers roll through our parking lot what their job is. It's to keep this community and communities across America safe. No confusion there. But when evil creeps in, but when evil creeps in, he creates confusion. Because where confusion is, they can use that as, as a way to get things done. 
It's, it's like a, if you ever went to a, a magic show, see, it's not really magic. It's just a sleight of hand. That was, that's what goes on in the world now all the time. And, and, when, and in the midst of confusion, the, the enemy, or it says it's devilish, they can create a lot of new narratives out there. Amen? But let me clear the confusion for you today before we pray. This pulpit is only for preaching the truth. Nope. Oh, hold on for a second. Watch this. Say, no confusion here. Let us pray. Let's drop the lights down if we can, please. Father God, we have to clear up the confusion in the world. That you have come to redeem the lost, to right the wrong. Um, you have come to set the captives free. Save those who are lost. And keep our country on the right course. We pray today that the confusion be cleared up through the power of the Holy Spirit. We also ask today, dear sir, that you forgive us where we have sinned against you. And ask that the offering would be blessed. And we realize that every dollar we give to your kingdom will work forever and ever. And, and Lord God, we pray today, if there's someone here today in the sound of my voice who doesn't know you or know the truth, that you would set them free today uh, from the shackles of lies and shame. And we pray all this today in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's applaud the Lord. Turn on the lights and let the basket come by. Everybody take a drink real quick and go to Revelation chapter 2. It's going to get thick. So, and I was thinking about this. I was praying in my office before I came out. And uh, Revelation, anytime you preach on Revelation, you, you, you think it's only seven verses. You think you're going to just like get right through it. It's like painting a, anybody ever paint a bathroom? You look in the bathroom, you're just like, you know what? This ain't going to take me long. Just, just go ahead and do it. painting a bathroom or a kitchen. It's, it's not much actual drywall that needs to be painted, but it takes forever. You're like, man, I'll blow right through this and I'll be at the picnic in a minute. Two days later. That's what it's like getting in Revelation. You're like, I'm going to preach it like real quick. Everybody's going to get it and all that. All right, I'm not going to preach it real quick, but you will get it. Amen? Okay, so let's just read seven verses I'll break it down, what's going on, and, and it is so, this is so meaty um, that that's about all I can preach on is uh, seven verses. But before we get into it, it's about, uh, it's about taking things for granted. We're going to stay close to the Lord and not take things for granted. And granted is to take something for granted is to expect someone or something to always be available or be there. Amen. Just like it's all going to be there. Let's pray. Lord, we just bless the message today, Lord God, as we get into it again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, 
I know your works and your labor and your patience, and you cannot bear with them which is evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And have found them, what does it say? It found them what? King James calls them liars. Man, I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how we get these guys in the pulpit. How did they get in the pulpit? Liars. What happens is the Bible said that there would come a time when basically people would create churches to preach whatever their itchy ears wants to hear. They don't like this church, they go to another one until they find a church or a pastor or a so-called pastor where they preach whatever it is you want to hear. And basically what they're preaching is you can live your life however you want to live it and God's going to bless it. That's a lie. I'm just reading what's in here. And that's just the start of this. Man, I'm telling you, this thing is thick. This is like putting two coats of paint on your bathroom. Did you ever do that? I did that. I got. I mean, like when I was getting finished with my bunkhouse, it's really, don't look around. The girls will get there and they'll go like, it, it ain't cut in. That's what my wife, my wife would look, me and Mike Sr. goes, looks pretty good to me. But in some of the places up in the high areas, don't tell anybody. Ashley, it's not cut in. I just rolled it up tight. Amen. Amen. Some guys got, got some things in their house today. The trim ain't put up yet. Ladies, the trim. You, there's a piece of trim missing and your husband's a carpenter. I wish somebody would talk back to me. I'm acting like... Or your grass ain't cutting or a landscaper. <laughs> Just say true that and I'll move on. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you guys, I'll tell you, you guys are a little more plugged in than the last group. I'll be honest with you. And have borne uh, and have patience and for my namesake have labored and have not fainted. So he's giving them kudos that the church of Ephesus is working really hard. They're, they're, they're doing a lot of church stuff. They have church events, church picnics. They're having spaghetti dinners and a fish fry on Wednesday. Man, they're doing some church stuff. They got it all down. The children's ministry's down. They're, everything's ironed out. They're doing well financially. Everything, everything except one dang thing. Let's see what it is. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Somebody ought to say, oh, my. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen and repent and do the first works. I'm trying not to preach on this till I get through it. Or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of its place, except you repent. But this I have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And, and for some of you who, who didn't believe that God has the capacity to hate, here it is. 
He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat out of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. Now, here's the deal. I don't want you to take for granted our, our military, our, our, our policemen, our firefighters, your spouse, your children, uh, or anything like that. And on and on, you could plug in everything. I think sometimes, I thought about this. I didn't know how else to explain it. So I wanted to make sure I explained this to my pastors and, and, and uh, deacons this morning. I said, I think in America we have taken life for granted. And, and I just thought about it, you know, how we've allowed... Uh, you know, we, I, I think if we didn't take life for granted, we'd take our health a little better. You know, we wouldn't partake in some of the things that are legal. You know, and, and, you know legalized alcohol, they've legalized, uh, you know, all these different things. And then and, and, and now they got marijuana uh, uh, pot stations, drive-thrus, and all these things. Uh I think we take our health for granted. We take our nation for granted. I think we need to repent of that. Um, and I could go on and on. I'm, tr- I'm trying to just give you an idea. Or your spouse or your children. Take it for granted. I've, you guys know my story and how all my unfortunate things happened in my life. I've lost a parent. I've lost uh, two children. Um, and I always thought they would be there. But I took it for granted. They're not always going to be there. That's just a fact of life, and it's a, and it's a tough one to swallow. So as leaders, your household, you need to make sure that you don't take for granted the leadership that God has given you and make sure that you preach that message to your family, even though it's so unpopular now. Amen? Um, I, I, I gave an example of because sometimes young people don't understand what taking for granted uh, is. So I thought I would give them a take it for granted lesson with Pastor Pat and his dad, Mike Rankin. When I was 16 years old, I told you I got the Ford Stepside pickup truck. It's a 1960 Stepside. The truck didn't run. He gave me a Chilton's manual. He says, when you get it running, you can drive it. So we just, I told everybody, we had, first thing we had to do is get a steering box for the, uh, for the truck. And back then, we, we never went to a parts store because we never could afford parts. Now you can get them shipped to your house or shipped in the mail. So the way we got the steering gear, steering box for my 1960 Ford step side is we went to a local junkyard. Kids don't know what junkyards are, but I'm about to tell you what they are. They're a graveyard for old automobiles. That's where they go. They go to graveyard heaven, West Continental, or, or Taylor's. And if you know what I'm talking about, anybody in here, somebody talk back to me a little bit. And then when you go to get the steering box, you and your dad have to go there and lie on the ground and wrench on it or beat on it until it's there. And you get stung by yellow jackets and everything else. But I took it for granted. So he said, now that you got it running, I'm going to pay for six months of insurance. That was very nice of him. But then after six months was up, I went to get in it one day. I was going to start it up like you all would do to take a trip on it. And he said, the truck's not going anywhere. I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, There's, you don't have insurance paid up on your truck. You ain't going to drive a truck unless you got insurance. I took it for, I took it for granted that my dad was going to pay the premium. Guess what? We went to his reality show. He said, I ain't paying for your insurance and I ain't paying for gas in the truck. And don't get me started on the cell phone either. 
Will somebody talk back to me that's paying a cell phone bill that ain't theirs? Just, just take it for granted. That's what taking for granted is when you look here in, in, in the bowels of the, of the Scripture. Now, when he's writing this, the, the church and, and some of the things that the Apostle Paul did in the church of Ephesus was probably back in, I don't know, you know, it was probably, say, 40 years ago from when this was written. So just in 40 years... He, he, he seen something in the church of Ephesus that evolved just over 40 years. Now be ready for this. And, 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 and the pastors allowed it just in 40 years. I wonder what would happen if we brought John the Revelator back after 2,000 years and walked him into some of the churches that are going on on Sunday morning. Now, you got to talk to me just a little bit. I'm talking 2,000 years. I'm not talking for you. I'm talking 2,000. John the Revelator would probably just fall over. And don't get me started on Billy Graham. He's only been gone for 20 years or whatever. If he walked in the church, he would look, oh, what in the heck you guys got going on here? How did you ordain this guy? Let it marinate there for a second. So these guys have a problem. They did all the religious activity, and they had all the great programs going on, but they, they're, uh, they're behind in one thing here. And what was that? It was they left their first love. They left their first love, and that first love was Jesus. Mm. So let's go to verse 2. Let's go to verse 2. I know your works and your labor and your patience and how you cannot bear them which are evil and have tried them which say they're apostles and not and have found them liars. Now all through here, just in these seven verses, you're going to hear him talk about repentance and repentance and repentance. And you may ask yourself this question right now, Pastor Pat, why won't you hear anybody talking about repentance anymore? Because repentance means turn from your sinful life and turn towards God. And if they do that, they would lose their membership. But here's the deal. We're trying to gain a membership in heaven, not down on earth. You can applaud if you want to. It's good preaching. Verse 3, 2, 3, and have borne and have patience and for my namesake have labored and not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Say that with me. You have left your first love. One more time. You have left your first love. Not that I lost my love. I left my love. That means I intentionally walked out on God. Boy, that's as quiet as it's ever been in church. We just, we just walked out on God. He said, in this, this is just in about 40 years. They've taken, they've taken God and his church for granted. We're just going to do all the activity, but we're not going to love you anymore. We're going to date you. Remember the dating process? Oh, it's such a wonderful time. Woo, dating is wonderful. Wee, yay, yay, yay. 
Don't you remember like when you were a teenager? I don't know if you guys remember. I told you about this. We were laying on the floor. By the time you get done talking, it's like you got a crank in your neck. And uh, No, you say goodbye first. No, you first. But then after a while, it, it kind of goes away. The, the, say it with me, the honeymoon's over. And then we left our love. Here's what he's talking about. He said, you left me. You left me. You quit loving me. Don't you remember when you first got saved, we were praying, and we had a, our, our Bibles and all versions, and we were at all Bible studies and highlighters. Hi, we highlight everything. Oh, I'm highlighting that. If you're really in love with Jesus, you ought to post this stuff. You have left your first love. Man, that's, uh, that's kind of hard to swallow. Remember, therefore, from where you are fallen and repent and do the first works or else I, I got to hold on for just a second. I, I, I can't get there yet. You have left your first love. How do you get back to that? And, and it reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. Remember the prodigal son? Hey, Daddy, give me all the money, right? I can't wait anymore. I got to have all the money right now. So the daddy goes, you know what? Here's all the money. Go ahead and live however you want to live. And that money doesn't last very long, does it, when you get at I me? Mean, say it with me. We're getting a settlement. Woo, getting settlement, yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, Mike, when I get a settlement, I'm going to live however I want forever and ever. I'm getting six grand. I mean, when you're a kid, you're like, six grand, oh, yeah. Here's why I want to let you know. Six grand's only going to fill up your tank a couple of times. I mean, we get, oh, getting a settlement, yeah. Back to our first love, so... The, the kid goes off and he lives however he wants and then he's, in, he's squandering his money on prostitutes and, and drinking and wildlife and everything. And then all of a sudden, sometimes you don't repent. Pastor Jay, sometimes you don't repent till you're at the bottom of the hog trough. We can bring the lights down, Angie, just a little bit. We're going to set the mood here. I'm going to slap it on them like an extra coat of paint. Mrs. Cope, we just... We just live however we want, and then, and then after Daddy cuts you the check and the inheritance, you go out and you kick it up just a little bit. Just kick it up just a little bit. And then, and then you find yourself, this young man finally finds himself in a hog trough eating the same thing the pigs are eating. He goes, I'd be better if I was back and working for my dad as one of the laborers. We got, we, got, we got kids that are out there just, just doing, you know, doing whatever they want to do. And, oh, this is how we're going to live forever and ever. Yeah, until you run out of money. And Jesus said, man, before you get there, he said, return to your, to your first love. He said, you left me. That's being intentional. You walked away from it. Remember, therefore, I'm in verse 5. From where you are fallen and repent and do the first work. So you could follow this up with either, you know, like the Ten Commandments or Matthew chapter 6. And the first works are all about Christ. 
Here's what he said he's going to do if, if you don't do that. I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of its place. So this is, this is where the Holy Spirit is. The, the candlestick here is the light or the glory of God. Say glory of God. And he said, if, if you don't return back to me and, and love me, I will remove the Holy Spirit from your church. Can you imagine going to a church where the Holy Ghost isn't wanted? We all show up to church, but we forget to invite Jesus. See, that's what they have to do in some of these, these churches where they ordain anybody to get in the pulpit. They, they say whatever they wanted to say. Here's the problem with that church. They invite you, but they never invite Jesus Christ because he wouldn't go to that church. He said, you ain't got no business being in the pulpit preaching that mess. You can't. Oh, I'm going to keep preaching until it sticks. I think about that. Where in the heck did the church go? Well, what happened to the church all of a sudden where we, we just we, we make it like a we make it like it's a, like it's some kind of club and an and irreverent place to be and we, we just blast out there you guys can do whatever you want, live however you want, say whatever you want, and God's gonna bless it. He said he said, When you think like that, you have left me. You abandoned me. You're living however you want. You're living a double life. Man, that, that's tough. And then get back on your knees. Remember that when you, when you finally got through the, you guys have been through the mess, some of you guys, at least two of you. And you prayed the prayer. Don't you remember that prayer? Oh, God, if you get me out of this one, I promise I'll never. Now, I thought that would get here. Oh, hold on. I'm a, I'm a man, I'm praying on this. I mean it for real. Go ahead and stand up. Maybe if you're vertical, it works. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting, ready, I'm getting ready to get into the real thick part of the message. So as, 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 as I'm going to pray that these words will float out there on, on, the, on the keys that Miss Carol is playing. It just, just, I, I, see, here's the cool thing about Pastor Pat, Mrs. Colfer. I'm not the judge. I'm not judging anybody. I don't have the, I don't have the credentials to judge. I'm not a judge. Don't want to be. I'm just the, the messenger that the Bible talks about. To one of the angels, he said one of the pastors. See, when, when, we, when we go back to the truth, there'll always be a way out. Remember this class, facts are our friends. Say that with me. Facts. Somebody ought to text that out right now, everybody. I'll just, just send that out. I'm, I'm in church, and I'm listening to Pastor Pat, and he told me facts are our friends, and, and I'm going to take you back to the Word. It's a fact that he's coming back. It's, it's a fact. It's a known fact he's coming back. Mr. Cope, there's no way he could leave the, the church in this state. And I think about that as a... The, the senior members and they look at the church now and you pull them aside sometime young people and, and, and get some wisdom from these people just pull them aside what was the church like Carol and Carl and Trudy and Terry and the Copes and all y'all Mrs. Strain what was it like when you first cut your teeth on the church everybody used to come Mrs. Cope the, the community was built around the church and on Sunday morning everybody marched into the church the classrooms were full. The preacher was pounding the pulpit. He was mopping his brow. They didn't have air conditioning back then. Just a hard pew for people to sit on or, or stand up from. 
Boy, the truth is really hard to deal with, Pastor Jay. How'd you do it for 50 years? He had to tell the truth. Right there in the midst of a, of a whole deal, you have to, the preachers have to tell the truth. Man, that's a, that's a deal. And then he goes on. He, he, he said, if you don't do this, I'm going to remove your, 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 your candlestick, which is the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine coming into church that ain't Holy Ghost filled? You might as well go down to the local saloon and try to learn a lesson there. Or go into one of the universities there, Lupke. They ain't got the Holy Ghost in there. It's just a bunch of people giving lectures on stuff that'll never work out in society. They're indoctrinating your children with this mess. I'm just reading it. Let's get one of them guys in there. They'll really do a great job. They'll do a great job at lying to you. They're not Holy Ghost-filled men and women. You have to get that from the asking. And you can't get it from a... I'm not going to go there. I, I, here's the deal. Here's what I'm trying to take you to. I'm trying to take you to 2-6. But you have this, these hate and these deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Who are the Nicolaitans? If you read your Bible and you go back to Acts chapter 6, they were one of the first deacons. He started his own church. Went out there and started his own church and then he just, got, he just had a bunch of followers and he kept lying to them over and over again. He goes, I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. He said, that guy's misleading people all over the world. In the early church, guys, we're only talking about 40 years here. What do you think's going on now? 2,000 years. Man, I, some of these cats would come back and go, man, you got to be kidding me right now. Y'all got all the stores open on Sunday and everybody's doing whatever they're doing and some make it, some don't. And you're in the state you're in. I think we better fill the church back up first. I mean, I mean, that's what it says. It's time for a revival. I'm glad we're having a tent revival coming up here. And can I tell you a secret real quick before you all get up there? It'll be hot. But let me, let me, let me break this down for you. Hell's hotter. Hell's hotter than that. And hell's forever. And all my pastors will be preaching the truth under that tent. They ain't going to be up there soft peddling the gospel. Like a bunch of you know what. Seven, here it is. I'll end with this. He who has an ear, let him hear. So here's a cool thing about the gospel. Then he talks about if you listen and you, and you apply it, you'll be able to eat from the, the tree of life. And that's kind of cool. That means you'll live forever. So God's always trying to get his children back to the original status. That's communion in the garden. 
So don't leave here thinking you can just do whatever you want and live however you want and God's going to bless it because that's a lie from the pit of hell. God won't bless it. And he's going to reign all over your parade if you are. So you say, well, what can I do about it, Pastor Pat? What can? Well, I, I'll just tell you what the Bible says. You need to repent. Just repent. Turn from self. Turn towards God. And then I'll end with this. Somebody gave me a card, a good friend of mine. Here's what he told me. He said it's an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord. And he wrote this because my pastor that's not here is the one that said it. His name's Pastor Bevo. Pretty cool, ain't it? I wish he was here too. But he's, when, when we installed him as one of the pastors here at this church, man, he never took for granted the work of the Lord. Amen. And Bevo and could go there. And he would bring it to you. And if you were messing up, church, he'd straighten you out. I said, Bevo, when you get this job, I said, everybody's going to want you to rubber stamp everything they do. He came back to me after a couple of months after having the job. He goes, boy, you were right. He goes, these guys are wanting me to sign off on some messed up stuff. He said, but I won't do it. So here's the question for you today. Do you really believe that it's an honor and privilege to serve the Lord? Or is it, is it like, I'll do it when I get time. Try to make some time for God today. Well, that's that's cool. I'm going to pray for you, and then Mike has something extra special he'd like to share with you. Let me, let me just pray for you. And I don't know who needs repentance, and it's not a call out. It's just an opportunity to. I went to a, I went to a, a men's revival one time. And whether you like the Robinsons or not, most of you guys were there with me, and I forgot where we was in Kansas City or wherever or Tennessee. Willie Robinson said something that I'll never forget. He said, I believe the window of opportunity opens for everybody at least one time. He said, as, as the Robinsons, we just figured out when it was time to dive through the window. That just means they took the opportunity. So I believe God's going to give us the opportunity to repent if it's, if it's something that we need to do. Then I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to turn it over to Mike. So Father God, everyone that is here today, you've given us all an opportunity to repent. And we don't want to take that opportunity for granted. We believe, Lord God, that that you really came and died on the cross at Calvary for our, for our sin that we owe. We know what kind of life we've been living. We know what kind of games we've been playing. Gamemanship. We want to repent of that lifestyle. 
and turn towards you and, 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 and live a life that is pleasing to you. And we give you the glory for dying on the, the cross for our sins. We thank you so much. And we don't take that for granted. So in Jesus' name, his church said amen.